Welcome to the Business Information Buffet Podcast brought to you by the Minority Business Development Agency. Each week, we'll be featuring business owners and entrepreneurs that will provide their personal recipe for business, powerful conversations, and knowledge of the business world. We amplify the stories of various backgrounds, cultures, and expertise. Our self-identity is as diverse as our social community. We cultivate a community of like-minded individuals that share their different perspectives, broadening our worldview. Are you ready? This is the Bib Podcast, where everybody eats. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Business Information Buffet Podcast, also known as the Bib Podcast, where everybody eats for another sensational episode. I am your host, Sean Torrey, with our DJ, DJ Icebreak. You go, boy. That's what I'm talking about. We have another special guest. Man, this this guest is a special, special guest among us today. And we're going to be talking about hair products for people with short hair or just folks with hair wraps who have the long hair. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have the CEO, the founder, the international sensation. C. Hill, also known as Cortland Hill in the building. What's up, Cortland? What's up, what's up, what's up, man? How you doing, good sir? I'm blessed and highly flavored. You awesome. know what I'm saying? All right, let's go ahead and give a quick bio on my guy, Cortland. So, Cortland was born and raised in North Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, attended Las Vegas Academy High School, and afterwards attended the University of Nevada, Reno. After college, he became a flight attendant and has traveled across across the world for six years. Corlin has been blessed to have traveled to five out of the seven continents of the world in 31 countries and counting. Salute to that, good sir. Corlin is a, a mental health, he's in the mental health field now and has a beautiful wife with three children. He is the founder and CEO of Sea Hill, a hair, a hair care shop that specializes in organic and raw hair care products for people with coarse coil and kinky hair see hill is also sold handmade do-rags and bonnets for purchase ladies and gentlemen Cortland hill i'm here i'm here <laughs> the legend is here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so man thank you for coming through man through i'm so happy today. to be here like my excitement is through the roof right it's now through, man, i appreciate I'm that. so serious man let, let's talk about this hair because man listen i've known you for a long time yeah. And uh, waves is something we've always competed on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on the wave game. So talk to us about really the culture of waves for, for men who can have waves in, in, the, show, in, in the industry. Like not even just industry, but just the culture of it. Um, well, first and foremost, for me, it's something that I've been fascinated with um, probably since I was 13 or 14. Um, I, I had nobody to show me how to get them or, you know, I didn't know the proper way of how to get them, you know, so it was kind of trial and error growing up. Um, actually, uh, our boy T-Rab was the first one I ever saw with Ray, waves up close and personal. And so when I saw his hair, I was, you know, I was shocked and I wanted some of those. So, um, again, trial and error growing up, um, just figuring out, um, different methods and seeing different things on movies and, you know, coming up in this uh, technology era and this social media era, you know, I started getting on MySpace and YouTube and seeing different people with different techniques and figuring out what works for different um, hairstyles and uh, finding different brushes and different do-rags and, you know, 
trying to scrape up five dollars to go to Sally's and, <laughs> give, and give me something, you know, to put in my hair, some Murray's or something. Right. You know, and um, now it's blown up into I mean, it's really an international phenomenon. Um, on my page, I have a page called UK UK Dippers. They follow me. So There's a bunch of British dudes with waves. Right. Um, I have some some uh, Finnish uh, wave pages that follow me, of course, all over the States. Um, and it's really gone across the world. I don't think people really realize how big it is and how cultural it is. I feel like if not every... Uh, Black men, majority of black men have had waves at yeah. one point right. or another in their life, at, at least in this this era in this society, you know, and it's just it's almost like, you know, when you, you respect somebody um, with a nice physique that that works out and goes to the gym and eats healthy because, you know, they put in a lot of work. It takes a lot of self-discipline to walk around looking like. Uh, Boris Koljo or right. Morris Chestnut in the '90s. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So if you if you get weight, like if your waves are really dipping, like you really put in that brushwork, like you really put in that work to get them, um, because not everybody is just blessed or able to have natural wavy hair. But you can you can tell the difference. You can tell who's been brushing and you know who was born like that. But either way, it's cool. You know, it it looks nice. Um, you know, it's just something that. Um, it's deeper than the waves. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's cultural. Uh, like you said, it's cultural. So um, it's just a part of me and something I've been doing for more than half my life. And it's I think it's what a lot of people know me for. Right. Um, you know, I've had the greatest waves ever. I've had the worst waves ever. I've had 360. I've had 180. I did the 540 Beehive. I put them in reverse one time. Like, I've done it in every way almost every way possible right. so um it's just whatever i feel like this week or this month is um what i do right because like uh and it, it's interesting to hear that story because i think when it comes to wave and hair care it's been a huge evolution especially just natural hair mm -hmm. itself right so talk about the transition from when early 2000s wearing do-rags mm -hmm. was like you couldn't you could like I, I remember we used to get profiled like especially for 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 folks of color for black men and folks of color who used to wear do-rags it was like not okay and now we have do-rag fests <laughs> and now we have do-rags that are like capes and it's like it's a huge deal and so can you talk about the evolution of do-rags from early 2000s till now yes um i'll even go further beyond early 2000s okay. actually in the 17th century they're the ruler of um, what is now Ethiopia mm -hmm. used to wear do-rags because he had short, coarse hair and he had his servants make him something that would compress his hair and um, like kind of like a headband too. It would keep the sweat out of his eyes. You know, Ethiopia, Africa, it's hot, it's hot yeah. you know. And of course, they didn't have AC back then. So yeah. it actually came from one of the rulers of Ethiopia. So Durags are actually originally Ethiopian. Um, they came to the States um, during the 19th century. Um, it was something that um, slaves and physical laborers uh, could wrap around their head mm -hmm. uh, while they're out in the field all day. And, you know, in the South is extremely humid. So again, they needed something to keep the sweat out of their face and to keep their hair done. Uh, I mean, to keep their hair tight while they were out in the field. So it's very cultural, very African, very Southern. 
Um, and then fast forwarding, and I'm you know I'm just giving you a, a small a, a glimpse small of what glimpse. I really but study, it, but it makes sense. But yeah. yeah, but you know you fast forward to the early two thousands. Um, do rags were just associated with you know being a thug or uh, being a wife beater or right. being some some sort of aggressive person or persons you know um and like you said we were profiled for them if if we wore them outside or in public you know we you had one half of the culture worried about what the others think and then you had the other half of the culture not caring so you know they were out doing whatever they wanted to do with their do-rags on um and then you know we would turn on you know jay-z and nelly videos and yeah. they had on durags in their music music videos and they were cool like they were the cool guys back then you yeah. know so of course all the all the uh the younger dudes wanted to wear their durags and um you know women were attracted to them and and the new york dudes like cameron and them they yeah. put on like Dip different set. colors yep, yep. so now you got you don't just got the black you know the black polyester you got the pink ones the and pink the white ones, ones and ones. this double uh, what are they? The two tone, the two tone, two tone one. So yeah. they they progressively became cool, and um, like the early two thousand tens, the it kind of died out to be cool yeah. for for a little bit. But I was still rocking mine. I, that's when I had just mastered my waves. That's when you and I were doing our wave contest. Yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> you know, we'd be up in Reno with yep. all our guys having. You know what I'm saying? So um, in the background, even though it wasn't cool to wear them, we were still rocking them. Yep. Um, my mom used to be on my head all the time uh, about me wearing them in public, but you know, it was when I was going to Walmart or to Popeye's or something, you know, I, I wasn't going into a uh, interview right. with it on or whatever, but she knew that we, I would get profiled or, yeah, you know, I'd be same. labeled as this, that, or the third. So she wasn't trying to be a party pooper. She was trying to keep me alive. Yeah, honestly. Same. Um, so yeah, do rags in public, um, have come a, come a long way, right? Um, like you said, now we have Durag Fest, which I went to um, on Juneteenth in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it's one of the top ten greatest days of my life. It was amazing. Um, I was so honored to be there, so honored to just be around all these uh, professionals wearing do rags and bonnets. Like it, it was, it was really dope. Um, and like you said, now they come in different uh, fabrics, uh, velvet, satin, polyester. You can make some make them cotton, like a, a two fabric, cotton on top, satin on the interior. Um, they can be three feet, six feet, nine feet, 20 feet, however much fabric you want to pay for. It can be done. If your sewing machine has thread, it can be done. Right. You know, so... Um, the, the Durag culture has definitely come a long, long, long way. And I'm I'm honored to be a part of it because I feel like when I talk about this stuff, just like I was saying, people know me for my waves and Durags. Like, people listen to me and they, they trust what I'm saying because they know this is what I'm passionate about. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just pulling stuff out of my, my rear end and talking out the side of my neck. Like, I really believe and know what I'm telling you. Right. And so, man, send it to you, man. I know you've been doing this for a, a long while yeah. to study this and to, to really ingrain yourself into the hair product culture and to also be at Sally's and all these other different businesses mm -hmm. with Gonk in the Trunk, which is his other product. And we'll, we'll get into that a little later in the segment, but we're going to go into the first segment. You ready for the good segment? First segment, good, sir? I'm ready. I'm ready. So this one right here is Recipe versus the Outcome. Oh, 
So this segment, we discussed your journey and how you planned the business and what challenges you faced and how you were able to overcome it and what was the outcome from it, all right? So the first question I have for you is, can you think of a time that you planned something and it didn't go accordingly? How did you make it work? Yes, um, so this business, it, it was, the last two years, someone has been putting it in my head that I need to get this business off the ground, but I wasn't ready. I didn't feel like doing it. And so last, the end of last summer, around September, I, I made a business plan and I finally decided like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, right. I, I'm going to get the ball rolling. The, the, the brick wall that I couldn't get over, the issue was I couldn't find a seamstress. Like, it was like, I had to go on all these websites like Alibaba or something yeah. and try to find somebody overseas. And sometimes there's a, um, like a dialect barrier, um, especially with something like this that's so cultural um, and mainly amongst African-Americans. Like um, trying to explain that to somebody that lives in northern China was was difficult. Right. So, you know, what was blocking me and what wasn't going as planned was finding the seamstress. And trying to find one... Um, here in Vegas was a joke. Um, you know, no offense to the seamstresses here, but they're all booked and busy. busy it's, cause, yeah. it's not an easy trade. So, you know, you know, they're telling me, oh, I got to wait three, four, five months. Or yeah. they want to deposit so that we could talk about possible business. And so I was like, no. So the way I overcame that is... I enrolled in YouTube University and I got my <laughs> master's in sewing. <laughs> you know? So he got his master's in sewing. Yeah. So <laughs> undergrad at UNR, you know, master's at YU. Um, <laughs> seriously, like, I was like, this, 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 this can't be this hard, you know? Right. Um, sewing is hard. I'm just here to tell you. Um, it's not something that you're gonna learn overnight. It took me months to get it down, but thankfully I got it down. And even now I'm still learning different techniques. Um, I brought Brawisha with me and she has on the first bonnet I ever fully completed. Um, that's why this one is special to me. It, this literally hangs in my house like a trophy. Um, I just don't wanna forget where I came from and where right, my right. business started from. Right. Um, so I have my first bonnet. That was the first thing I ever really sold. And then the first $5 I ever made um, when I was making gunk in the trunk, I sold you my cousin that to the sample. camera so people can see that. Yeah, I sold my cousin a sample of this for five dollars, and um, I kept the five dollar bill. You know, like your first dollar you frame, yeah, I yeah. my first five dollars. So, so salute to that man. And then, what are some what are um, what are some things you've experienced that could have worked out in theory, but did not go the way it was practiced? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I can go back to the, the seamstress thing. You know, I could have waited. I could have, you know, paid all that money for somebody to, um, you know, bring my deal to life. Um, but I, I just felt in my heart that wasn't the right thing to do. And, you know, on top of that, like, why not learn another trade? Right. Why not, you know, add another apple to the basket? Um, and it's it's been... Um, very good for me. It's worked out very well for me because when I make the bonnets and the do rags and the gunk in the trunk or whatever I make, whether it's you know um, on the sewing machine or not, I know it was made with these hands. It was sewn with soul. It was made with love, you know. And I don't have to worry about some outside uh, vendor or 
entity messing up my idea. You right, know? right, right. And how, how did the process go into Gunk in the Trunk? Because that was something I know. Because at first, when we talked about C. Hill, it was all about do-rags. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted to make a pomade. Because I think a lot of us, um, especially in our circle, we got tired of using, like, it was experimenting. Because it was like, man, like, the ones that we used to use weren't as good as they were because they went, they, they transitioned. Mm-hmm. So talk about that progression with Gunk in the Trunk. So Gunk in the Trunk, I just first and foremost want to say Gunk in the Trunk is my baby. Out of everything I make, Gunk in the Trunk is my favorite child. Um, it comes from, you know, like you said, we we put, you know, I'm not going to put any other companies on blast, but they have all these harsh chemicals in them, phosphates and sulfur and, you know, dialic con side. I just made that up, but it sounds like a chemistry, <laughs> chemistry, you know, you know. So like all these, all this stuff is is making our hair look nice, but it's ruining our hair. It's yeah. it's burning our scalps, you know. Yeah, um, it's not good for us. And, and so I just figured, how um, back in March actually, I, I was talking to myself. I was like, how can I make a pomade that's good for our hair, but won't harm it at the same time? We actually do the opposite and give it that health right. and that shine that it needs. Um, and so I, I played for about a week. I played with different, uh, I did my homework, my research. I played with different ingredients on the gunk in the trunk. And then I, I found this ingredient, this this combination, and it just, it worked out. And I, I told, um, I actually told Sean and our boy Darius, and I told them about it. And I was like, y'all got to try this. I, I think I got one, you know, and it turned out it, it's i mean it's been going great um Man. i've been able to get gunk in the trunk it's in finland it's in england um it's in brazil now um several different states um i'm missing somewhere but anyway oh it's in ireland too um that's what i you know and the the two of those european countries are uh, multiple time buyers like right. they've come you should see the shipping to get it over there. Man. Even with the shipping, they bought it again. So, you know, that lets me know I, I'm doing something right. Yeah. I wouldn't sell it to people if I didn't believe in it. Right. I use it myself. You know, so. Yes, sir. And I, and I remember you gave us a sample and I was like, all right, I definitely. I tried it and like literally a week and that's when I made I went and got I, a week it changed and I got my hair cut mm-hmm. and then I made that video for yeah, you I, I was like that. I took I was like yo she was like man I ain't seen your waves dip this hard I was man. like man listen I haven't seen my waves dip this hard cause you know you know that look that you always had mm-hmm. and I haven't seen my waves like that in years and I, I literally just recently cut my hair again I bought some gunk in the trunk cause I was yeah, like hey, I need to I was like I need to get this re-back my, these, yeah. boy, my waves ain't hit that hard in a long time yeah that was that was a great video Video, great promo it was like the sun came out that day extra early it extra did. bright it did like, it was just a perfect video i was like okay I see no, hey listen i had to i had to <laughs> man so thank you so thank you for yeah. that because man you gave us that recipe Absolutely. and everything worked out for you but now good sir you know, my brother i gotta i gotta put you in that hot seat so in this segment that's where we ask you in depth questions to learn more about you as a guest right okay so the first question i have for you is who did you look up to growing up? Martin Lawrence. Salute. Hands down, Martin Lawrence. That's the easiest answer I'll ever be able to give. What's one habit you do daily? Brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
one habit I personally do daily outside of brushing my teeth is every morning, because we live in, again, we live in this social media era. era. Everybody's always on their phones and everything. Um, I pretty much use my phone for almost, almost everything. But every morning when I wake up, I pray. Uh, first, I pray. You know, I pray over my family, my friends, my loved ones, my issues, anything holding me down, I give it to God. And then I do a devotion in my Bible app. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, it just gets me right before I get on my phone or go watch TV or head to work. Like, I, it just gets my mind right. So that's something that I literally do every day, every morning. That's my morning ritual. Morning ritual. I wake up. Favorite tool to use that helps you run your business? Favorite tool? Yeah. Um, so I, I got this weird obsession with the mixer. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when I'm mixing. Like, I'm only supposed to mix for like 30 seconds. And I just be sitting there for like five minutes just enjoying it. I don't know what it is. But my mixer is my favorite tool because I, I use a mixer um, to make gunk in the trunk and swim in eight. Okay. Best part about working for yourself? Best part about working for myself is that you know, I get to bring my ideas and my products to life. Right. You know, again, like I was saying earlier, I don't have to worry about some third party or some other entity, you know, possibly ruining uh, my idea or what I have planned. What's the worst part of working for yourself? It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> one, like, one, I, one man band. <laughs> one man band. Sometimes I want help and sometimes I'm like, uh, but there's a lot of times where I would like help. But I'm not I'm not at that level yet, but one day. But One day. Yeah, got you, bro. So thank you made it through the hot seat, bro. It wasn't that hard, right? No, nah. it wasn't that hard. I promise you, it wasn't gonna be that bad. That's the next part. You don't got no sauce. sauce. You get lost. Mm -hmm. You get lost in the you sauce. You also get lost in the sauce. Fun fact: I still remember seeing that clip when he did that. Yeah, that as, as a huge fan of Gucci, I, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> I had that, to. that clip every episode. I love it. <laughs> appreciate that. So, in this segment, this gives us more insight about our guests, and we where we ask, "What is your special ingredient in your business? Not the actual chemical, but just your special ingredient, right?" <laughs> so, where we 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 tell you tell us why nobody can replicate what you do so why is sea hill a business nobody can duplicate what you do um sea hill is a business that uh nobody can duplicate uh, what i do um for several reasons i mean just the name alone alone is is wild like how it was able to uh wrap itself around because again my name is Cortland hill right Cortland starts with the letter c and I was able to make uh, the business Sea Hill, like see like the the body of water. Right. And you know, everybody, a majority of people call me Sea Hill. So that just panned out. So the name alone, that, that I mean, that works. And Sea, you got the waves and it all just comes 360 full circle, you know? Right. Um, on top of that, I've always been big on customer service, especially right. somebody that's worked in customer service. I've worked with the general population. I've been a flight attendant, a cashier, all that good stuff. And so I try to make sure my customer service is top notch. And I feel like a lot of minority owned businesses get backlash for their customer service. I, agree. I see memes and posts about it all the time on social media. So I always keep that in the back of my mind with everybody. Even if I'm dealing with my closest friend, I try to uh, communicate if something is happening or letting them know when their order will be in the mail or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I think my community service is up there with Chick-fil-A's. 
100, I say that with 100%. He's out there with Chick-fil-A. You know, I'm, I'm I, I, like, you can always reach me. You always wear no, yeah. nowhere to find me. I work graveyard shifts, so I'm up all day. You right. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, whenever you got a question or something, like, I can answer it. I, I'm going to be truthful with you. Is, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so my customer service is up there. And just a brand, like, um, again, this is no shade to the other Durac or Bonnet companies, you know, but I think just the way that I'm making these, like the velvet exterior and the the satin yeah. interior, like is something different. And I'm not using like cliche colors. Like this one uh, right here that I have with me on Brawisha is Sin City at Sunset. It it was created after the beautiful desert sunset that we get here in right, Sin right, City. Right. You know, that burgundy orangish thing that we yeah. see in the sky. Like that's where this came from. Yeah. That's where the name came from. Um, so... Yeah, just the colors that I have come in, the colors that I have now, um, and the, you know, the gunk in the trunk and the swimming aid and where these names and titles come from. Every name and title came from somewhere. It definitely did. One, yeah. of, the, one of the titles, uh, the swimming aid, which is gunk in the trunk, but it's lemon scented. Sean was with me <laughs> when the title was created. Yeah. My daughter, she can't say lemonade. We were at Chili's. And she asked the server for some swimming aid. And I looked at Sean, I was yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's the one. That's the yeah, one. And did. summer was He's coming like, up, you know, aid. lemon scent summer. So I made it swimming aid and swim, sea, waves, it all, like everything just works out. Full circle. So that can't be replicated. I mean, if you that's do it, that's, that's, that's just what it is. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Man, you definitely gave us that sauce. You, you don't know got what no sauce, man. With a little it's bit out. of that magic, you know what I'm talking about? You know, with that little bit of magic. <laughs> And so I can't thank you enough for being on the episode, man. And you're and, and first of all, a round of applause for him because he is a consistent listener. He's one of our subscribers. And we can't thank you enough because we're going to go into our last segment. Okay. The happy hour, ladies and gentlemen. In this segment, this is where the host and the guests, where we toast to success, where we ask what's going on great for you, business, big or small. So C. Hill, my man, Corlin, tell us what's up we can toast to, good sir. Man, we're going to toast to Gunk in the Trunk now being on Walmart.com, on Amazon. Hey. Sally's. Sally's. With the asterisk there. Uh-huh. Um, not in every Sally's, but in, in different cities. Right. Brand, various cities. Um, on Mariah. On Mariah. Um, Etsy. Etsy. Mm-hmm. And just, just these stores that I've been shopping at all my life, and now my product is in them. I can get on my Walmart app and see Gunk in the Trunk on there. That's mind-blowing to me. So um, we could definitely toast to that. We could toast to that, my good brother. To see Hill. Cheers. Salute. Salute. Salute, not salute. That's funny you say that. <laughs> uh, that's a reference from a, from the Cerveza episode. Yeah. Everybody watched, or listened to it. Um, yeah, because he, he thought I said I said salute. <laughs> he thought I said salute. But I guess the way, if either way, if you hear it, it does yeah. sound like in, I said salute. In Spanish and Italian is salute. Salute. You know, so it means cheers, but it means salute. Yeah. So. So, Cortland, man, thank you for coming on the episode again, man. Me. Please drop your selfish plug so people can find you, good sir. Um, on every social media platform, um, you can find us under C Hill Online. That's C S E A Hill H I L L Online. Um, if you need to find me on my personal Instagram, it's underscore Hillionaire. It's like the word millionaire, but instead of an M, it's an H. So underscore Hillionaire. 
And um, our website is seahillonline.store, which was also kind of a pun because pun it's Seahill's online store. So instead of .com, it's .store. Seahillonline.store. Um, and, yeah, that's where you can find us. Thank you so much, my good brother. I can't. We deeply appreciate you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Business Information Buffet Podcast, also known as the Bib Podcast, where everybody eats. I am your host, Sean Tory, with our DJ, DJ Ice Break. You go, boy. And we're out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you soon. Hey,